You recall as clearly as you can that clear moment when you were certain about what should be your highest aspirations. Try to see as clearly as you can the object of that higher aspiration. At that time, the path to achieve this objective was probably completely unclear to you. But still, there was this conviction, this unshakable conviction, that this achievement is possible. That state of being exists. You remember your willingness to remove your prejudices, your willingness to even do things that you would not do before. But it would not necessarily be doing something that you know from experience has brought you only pain. So try to have that perception, the object of that aspiration, as clear as you can make it. And observe your emotions towards this object presently. Do you honestly feel that you've been walking towards this? Have you been walking around it? Have you been walking away from it? Whenever you feel any sense of clarity toward this objective, know that you are in that moment connected with the means to achieve it. So right here, right now, try to get to that 
conviction. unknown to us, most likely because we lacked vigilance at times. We made a slight detour here and there. We ended up in places that were actually taking us away from our objective. But don't let these be discouragements. And don't believe that somehow you have completely lost your aspirations. It's like uh, having instructions written, but for some reason you can't fully memorize the instructions. So you have to keep going back to that piece of paper. So in the same way, that clear image, that clear perception of your objective. And it's not necessarily an image in terms of sights, in terms of light and, and form. It could be just a sense of being. Accept that the conviction that this exists is actually coming from this very objective that you are seeking. Your own enlightenment is guiding you. Plant the seeds in your mind of its existence. And your own enlightenment is guiding you through forms, through thoughts, through encounters. Consider 
somehow there was a systemic deviation and whatever part you played however big, however small formed an intention to readdress it to realign yourself to put yourself back on track So that's the main purpose of tonight's meditation. To put ourselves back on track. So let the very goal that you seek come into your presence right now in some form with which you can relate. Call onto it. Let it take whatever form that will best serve you. form of a friend, a form that is ideal, a sensation that is definite and concrete in some form. have the intention for your whole entity <coughs> to come and participate in this. So feel it actually settling into your body, this intention. Feel it aligning your body putting your body in a proper alignment and focus on the body without forcing your mind to focus on it holding strongly to your intentions. Until your perception of the body shifts.
the body feels stable, at ease. And a sense of the body as energy, that perception becomes more and more prominent. Don't concern yourself too much with distractions or trying to do something about distractions. Just try to stay with the sense of the body as much as you can. And hold on to your intention, your purpose, your motivation to help you anchor in that perception. And keep at it until there's a signal from the breath, a feedback from the breath. When you become aware of the feedback from the breath, then stabilize your mind, stabilize your awareness on the breath. So you have in your mind the clarity of your intentions, what you want from the body, cooperation, and the intention now to keep the flow of your awareness on the breath unbroken and not fighting anything else that may be happening in the mind. But consciously, you are doing these three things. And keep your awareness, your mindfulness, on what's happening with that sense of ease, that sense of the body as energy, what's happening to it. And you're not having any specific instructions or intentions for it to become anything. You are just observing it. shift in the perception of the body comes up
which allows for the perception of a sense of connection with others to appear more clearly. So first, try to sense all your brothers and sisters in this very room and connect with them at a heart level. as you are seeking to do this what is happening to the previous perceptions the sense of the body the breath the clarity of your thoughts of the sense of connection you can see rays of blue light connecting your hearts to that sense of connection. A genuine sense of concern for one another's welfare. sufferers. We are experts at gathering pain and giving pain. But this is not the nature of our being. 
we are deluded. We are actually seeking the opposite. Stumbling on ourselves and on each other, trying to get there. At times the pain so unbearable we forget others are also suffering. who are not here tonight, who could not make it for whatever reasons, and bring them in and connect with them. Let us connect with them as one group, as one body. becomes one body. Now connect with your close friends, family, someone who is suffering causes another to suffer. And the reason it's done is they are trying to free themselves of that pain. Just like we do.
Now think of everyone you can remember who's connected with ACI. It doesn't matter what you think of ACI. You're focusing on sentient beings who are suffering just like us and who are trying as best as they can to be free of this pain. So take a little time to make yourself, make your body more comfortable, holding on to the thought, holding on to the sense of connection. Whatever will make you more comfortable, get into that posture. Now everyone connected to ACI. So from your heart, immeasurable rays of blue light connects with the heart of each one of these. And in the heart of each one of them, immeasurable lights connect with everyone else and with you.
and try to lose your identity as much as you can. Not in some mystical melting, but just holding on to the same way you think of this collection of parts that you call me. Now we are looking at this collection of another collection of parts and we are calling it me. front of us at the level of our eyebrows, the embodiment of our aspirations. Appearing in the form of a fully enlightened being, shining with the brilliance of a thousand suns. for making this connection was to fulfill this objective and somewhere in our motivation there was a seed of great compassion together as one body honor our spiritual objective appearing in the one form of an enlightened being let us take refuge Let your refuge be in a form of a personal prayer. Think of the things that you personally or see within yourself or you see within the group need protection from, the kind of guidance we need. And let the refuge be as personal as you can make it.
And let us honor our spiritual objective with a genuine sense of gratitude. together as one body, one mind, own whatever action we may have done, however little, however big, but think of all of it, the totality of it being gathered in one place in one moment and let the combined power of our regrets smash this appearance of either the temptation to deviate or any degree of deviation we have suffered we forgot that we were brothers and sisters on the path and we allowed the demons of anger demons of irritation in whatever form they may have taken to guide us rather than the true angels of love and compassion to guide us in dealing with one another.
let our let our combined willingness to turn away from such actions in the future strengthen each individual and when we are tempted to act out of an affliction towards one another may we find the strength and not act strength to stay connected to this so no matter how we are treated how whatever relating we must do let us do it always from this caring this love this linking again take refuge for the strength you need for this to be able to overcome to be able to restrain and to be able to implement try to be as aware of the state that you are now experiencing how does the body feel because you are thinking this way in what way are you aware of the body how is the breath behaving because you are thinking these thoughts How does the mind feel because it was entertaining these thoughts? Anything else to be aware of?
you have the intention now to be aware of the body the way you were aware of it before and through the breath let your awareness be guided to that awareness Okay, you may take a little rest. But try not to lose the sense of blinking. To re- let me relay, uh, remind you of us of uh, something about the life of the Buddha. You, you all probably know about it, know about it already. And I'm not relating it in a way to create any glamour. I'm not trying to point that there's somebody here who's very close to Buddhahood or anything like that. I'm not giving any secret messages. I'm not just using it as an example. Okay. Uh, when the Buddha sat under the Buddha, uh, the Bodhi tree, and he was right on the verge of becoming uh, fully enlightened, that's when he encountered, uh, you could say, the worst uh, struggle on the path. And in a very mythal, I have to say this way, because I don't know exactly what the experience was like, in a very mythological way, it is said that Mara became very, you know Mara is, right? Mara. Mara is the equivalent of the devil, but not exactly the devil. They're not brothers or sisters, but but that's, if you can uh, think of the devil in the way that uh, we uh, we were taught to think of the devil, the tempter, okay? Uh, Think of Mara as something similar, okay? Uh, so you can think of it as uh, the very strong uh, habitual energy that helped us to perpetuate this thing called samsara. You can use the Western psychological term of you know the the seat of the ego. Okay, if that if that sounds cool. But uh, let's go to mythology <laughs> and just say Mara, okay? So Mara, uh, the one who makes sure that, uh, you know, uh, samsara keeps going, it's the energy that keeps samsara going. It's, uh, sometimes it's referred to as you know, the stark ignorance, okay? So 
Mara now became very, very afraid because Mara uh, saw definitely Mara is about to lose somebody. There's going to be somebody who's going to leave his realm and be out of reach of his influence. So Mara tried his last uh, most powerful uh, effort to make sure that uh, the one who's about to become Shakyamuni Buddha doesn't become Shakyamuni Buddha. Okay? So what does Mara do? Mara, Mara tempts the Buddha with first with uh, presenting the Buddha with the most beautiful, the most uh, enticing uh, obj- uh, appearances. Uh, no, like Mara went. In, you could say Mara knew the Buddha's mind better than any other, any anyone, as well as the Buddha. So the Mara knew exactly what objects would be very enticing to the Buddha, and it made them manifest in front of the Buddha, so the Buddha can be distracted from his quest. He said, "Oh, where should I? Where should I go uh, after this bliss that I have no idea doesn't if it exists or not? But here, right here, there's a bliss right here. Let me go after this one that I can see." Okay, so that was uh, Mara's uh, uh, hope the Buddha would, would do, but that, that failed. And then Mara uh, tried to entice the Buddha's anger by sending an army, it says an army of demons, to attack the Buddha. Uh, but the Buddha, wh- what, is it, what was the Buddha doing that was not uh, touched by Mara? The Buddha was. Uh, meditating on love was meditating on compassion and he reached a degree where his compassion uh, where, where his meditation on compassion and love was unshakable and because of the unshakable nature of his absorption in love and compassion for everyone Mara could not touch him and he said that when Mara threw uh, weapons at the Buddha uh, 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 missiles at the Buddha by the power of the Buddha's compassion, these missiles, instead of coming uh, uh, towards him and harming him, they became flowers. And that's why you see this uh, beautiful poster sometimes of the enlightenment of the Buddha, where the Buddha is surrounded by a shower of, of, of flowers. Okay. So the, the point is, when you're about to make a breakthrough uh, in Maybe some of you have heard this term before. That's why I'm saying it because in the West we 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 have you know spiritual traditions and things like that, and we have terms. So uh, I I think it's in the Bible, Metro. <laughs> uh, it's called uh, like uh, you're about to walk through the door, and definitely you're going to leave the space where you are or the state of being where you are. You're about to make a definite trans- transition. And you have to walk through that door to make that tra- for that transition, definite transition to take place. Before, we kept going towards the door, we went back, we went towards the door, we went back, and get closer and closer. And until eventually, we have to go through. And right at the moment when we're about to go through, there's an obstacle. And it's like... Uh, in in the in the Bible, I think, okay, that's, uh, I think it, that's meeting the devil, and then you have to actually wrestle. You have to fight with the devil in order for you to go through. Um, and I 
mentioned this uh, before somewhat, something like similar, where it's, it's actually, uh, it's your own power that you relinquished before. And this appearance of wrestling and fighting is, uh, is uh, what's actually happening is that you're reclaiming your power. Okay. And actually, uh, I just read a line that was, uh, I didn't think I was going to use it, but I just <laughs> read a line from a Toni Morrison book where uh, something about uh, when the dead is coming back to life, it's always painful. And I say, oh, that sounds cute. How am I going to use it? Okay, <laughs> it's my chance to use it. <laughs> so you, 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 are, you are a zombie, you are dead. You relinquish your power, you relinquish your, your, uh, to, to what? To your own enemy, actually. To what was keeping you, what, was, is it that was, what is it that was keeping you in samsara? It was your own power, your own ignorance. And now you're taking your power back and you want to go through that door. Okay? But you have to fight, and you have to fight. You have to use all your might to fight. You cannot know. Uh, you cannot have compassion. You know the kind of compassion that you uh, you sometimes think. I don't think I should have compassion for for, for, for this person. Now it's correct <laughs> to have that thought, not to have compassion for that. Okay, but I'm not. I'm not talking about now. You should uh, uh, have affliction towards it. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm not talking about. Uh, uh, destroying that is reclaiming your power you're not destroying it's, it's not it's not a sentient being who's in front of you that you're gonna kill okay uh, and it's not actually any kind of a, it's, it it may happen perhaps as a vision where you see yourself struggling okay where you all, all of a sudden you see yourself struggling with, with something okay but it's not an actual like you know. Uh, while you're awake, someone comes to you and then you 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 tr- trying to you're you're fighting. Okay, it's not necessarily that way. But there is a struggle, and the struggle can be completely psychological with no imagery whatsoever. It's like it's, uh, the sense of the way we experience it is a sense of being held back, and we have to force our way through that sense of being held back. Okay. Uh, and this struggle will not present itself if we were not about to make a breakthrough. Okay, so when you find yourself struggling very, very hard after you know you work very hard, and now you're about to go, oh, there's the door. Let me just walk through. And then instead of walking through, the door is very heavy. You can't push it. You don't have the strength to push it. Seem like somebody. Seem like a whole army of uh, of people are pushing the door from the from the back, and you can't push, and you can't seem to find the strength to push it through. And what what's happening? You start to develop a sense of discouragement. Oh, I don't think I can do it. Oh, woe is me. I'm I'm bad. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. No, and then this very discouragement is sapping your energy. Okay, you're you what you're doing. You're relinquishing more of your energy, more of your power. You just have to know, you, you, the reason that you're reaching this struggle is because you earned it. Okay? And then rejoice. Wow! I get to kill the devil. <laughs> okay? 
I must be very, 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 very fortunate to actually see the devil. Okay, and uh, a little, uh, a little uh, sidetrack. Did you read that book? What's his name? That very famous uh, Christian writer. Tiny little, little books. C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis. Well, school tip letters and in there the devil was talking about I mean the devil doesn't waste his time you know spending you know trying to tempt people who are already you know gone right the devil wastes his energy trying to tempt those who are going away from his influence okay so if somebody you know loves you know um, you know uh, hanging out with the afflictions you know love uh, the devil is not going to waste the t- his time trying to you know try to what trying to make him trying to make him what <laughs> trying to make him be with Okay, so but but when that person is trying to uh, stay away from the from temptation from uh, from the influence of the ecclesias, uh, uh, the afflictions, then Mara becomes very scared. It's like uh, Mara feels like, oh, I'm going to be left alone here. <laughs> All these beings are leaving me. <laughs> Don't feel sorry for Mara. <laughs> So when uh, and how did the Buddha fight Mara? Did the Buddha, you know, get on, you know, became very, very angry with Mara? No, Buddha fo- uh, stayed focused in his absorption and compassion for sentient beings. That was the Buddha's weapon, and he just stay focused there. So remember why you started to walk in the first place. Why you headed towards that door when you feel. Uh, and uh, the attack will not be something beautiful as a devil coming towards you, you know, a very scary looking demon. I mean, you, you wish it would, be, it would be that simple, okay? So you just, you know, if it's, if, if it's that simple and the ugly looking, uh, very scary being comes to you, you say, oh, that's, that's a devil, okay, me. and you know exactly what to do. Fight, no matter what, right? It doesn't come that way. It's not that easy, okay? It, it comes as your own thoughts trying to say, maybe that's not the door. Walk back. <laughs> maybe you left something behind. Okay? And in your own confusion, you might even see three doors all of a sudden. When it was clear that there was one door that you were heading towards. Okay? So when you are at that threshold and the one who guards that threshold is, uh, uh, is doing uh, his or her duty to guard the threshold. The one who's guarding that threshold is not going to say, oh, I feel sorry for you. Okay, let's go through. You, you, you don't, you don't uh, make that one leave uh, his or her post by uh, making him feel sorry for you. Oh, come on. I spent three countless eons to get here. Huh? <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> no. If you have compassion for that dweller on the threshold, you better kill him. That's how that dweller evolves. If you want to go that way. Okay? Kill him with as all the compassion in your heart. Okay? Because you're helping not only yourself, but that, that, that dweller. Okay? That part of you that is holding you back by killing it, you help uplift it. Okay? So, when you're about to make that breakthrough and you feel that being held back, 
take take a take take a, before you get completely lost in in delusion, get lost in in self pity. Take a take a step back and say, "Wow, I've reached the the dweller. How wonderful! I'm worth now. Uh, it's the only reason I'm I'm facing disappointment is because I have my training is now has reached a point where it can be tested. Before that, I would not be tested because I would be just be destroyed." without even knowing that I was being destroyed, okay? So now, it's because I have the strength to actually overcome this. That's why it's there. And there's a lot of gifts, a lot of powers that it owes me that I need to get by going through it, okay? So when you, uh, forge ahead, forge ahead, by recalling why you were heading in that direction. And then, and then find the power that resides in the Sangha. All those people that are walking on the path with you, connect with them again, link with them again. Understand, understand their, their condition, their situation, and have genuine compassion and love for them. Have genuine appreciation for the struggles that they are going through. Okay. And stay absorbed in that. Okay. So it's not an actual uh, fight where you actually have to do a lot of things. <laughs> it's a fight where you have to do absolutely nothing and just stay absorbed. And when you feel compelled to act or move, that's what you're fighting. Just stay absorbed in your purpose, why you came to that door, and, and stay and feel the connection with, with, with the Sangha, with your brothers and your sisters, okay? Um, so every once in a while we deviate because we came up, up upon the, the threshold and we felt, oh, there's an there's a obstacle here, let me, let, me go, let me go away, let me go somewhere else. Okay. So, for those moments, for those times when we forgot ourselves and we allowed our afflictions to become our guru, to become our infallible guide, and we listened to them and we acted upon their advice, we we were taking ourselves away from the path. We were distancing ourselves from the path. Okay. So now you're all feeling it either uh, through your immediate awareness or through some sort of uh, something not quite. Uh, is that what is, how does it go? Something not quite right with the force. Is that how it goes? <laughs> something you feel something not quite right with the force. Disturbance. A disturbance in the force. Thank you. <laughs> You're feeling a disturbance in the force. <laughs> okay. So, and it's not just a disturbance in a sense of uh, just energetically speaking, but it comes with. It's like it comes with a package. Here's how you're supposed to think this now. Okay. Okay. Start blaming this person. Start blaming that person. And uh, look for look for the person uh, who's at fault. 
so make sure you, you, you get angry at this person and that person, distance yourself from this person and that person. Then we are allowing the disturbance to continue to ripple, to continue to have its effect. And we, we are forgetting why we were heading towards the door. Okay. So every one of us have done it. It's part of walking towards the door. Every once in a while, we walk backwards. Okay, it's part of it. Yes. Um, how does it relate to seeds and not and knowing that this is what it is and not that this is bad seeds ripening? If if it's disturbing you, then it's some sort of bad seed. Okay, that's that's it. it uh, it's like. Uh, uh, in, in, in the, the realm of philosophy, the philosophers uh, try to, uh, in trying to understand something, uh, morality, in trying to understand morality, they, uh, a lot of philosophers sort of uh, throw a lot of uh, <laughs> confusion and they make it uh, become very complex and complicated. So go back to asking yourself the question, would I want that to be done to me? You know what was that called again? Golden. The golden rule, my God, it already has a name. <laughs> so it's not new, okay? Just I just said that question, would I want that to be done to me? And of course, don't bring those exceptions of, you know, <laughs> people who have masochistic tendencies. <laughs> You know, say, what about them? They want to. They want to be, you know, style. They want to be, you know, uh, have nails but puncture them. So, what about them? <laughs> uh, those are exceptions. Okay, we're talking about no, in normal circumstances. Would you want that to be done to you? Okay, and that tells you whether it's moral or not. Okay. Uh, so, I guess that was a long answer to your question. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so, I thought we were going to be just a small little break and then <laughs> we go back to the meditation. Uh, so, in whatever way we have disturbed, we have caused a disturbance in the force, we take ownership of it. We take ownership of it collectively. Okay. And think of perhaps uh, those people uh, that we may have. Uh, responded out of uh, anger towards or in some out of some affliction towards okay and think of it not just you have done that but collectively we all have done it in some way or another okay and now as a group we are experiencing what is called a group ripening where the group is experiencing a disturbance in the force and for some people they are closer to the periphery and their disturbance is causing them more harm than those who are more inside okay so as a group, we are going to do a purification. Okay. So, oh, sorry. Yeah, I have a question. When you were describing uh, the process when you are supposed to fight, uh -huh. uh, you know, the devil, and you need to remember why you you are in front of that situation uh -huh. and, and, and doing that. 
it feels to me that it's just not that you feel very alone. I mean, because you are just yourself. There is not the master. There is not anyone else trying to help you and guiding you. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, you know to fight. Yeah, there was a there was a teacher who once told me that uh, there's a certain there's always a point where the disciple has to be left alone. Yeah, because the teacher taught you, okay, this is what you do, this is what you do, and then the teacher took you by the hand, make sure you learn those lessons quite well, and there's a point where you have to prove that you learn them. You have to be left alone. And that's the moment. Yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the big cosmic moment, uh, well, there are many big cosmic moments, but that, that one big cosmic moment when the Bodhisattva is about to enter the eighth level, the eighth bhumi. The Bodhisattva is completely left alone. But the Buddhas are completely surrounding that Bodhisattva, you know, uh, making strong wishes for that Bodhisattva to succeed. And the only way for that Bodhisattva to succeed is to actually pray. <laughs> pray. Pray that, pray that, uh, because the Bodhisattva is not afraid of going through the door because there's going to be some uh, monster on the other side. What the Bodhisattva is afraid of is, I might lose my sense of connection with sentient beings. And that's the most horrible, devastating thing for a Bodhisattva to experience, the sense of connection. And that will happen as they go through that eighth bhumi. Okay? So the Bodhisattva is very scared, very uh, afraid of going through that. And because the Bodhisattva is at that moment alone, because what, what's, why, I mean, seven bhumis of, of practice is so that Bodhisattva can do it. Right? In, uh, enlightenment is not given by, by someone. Okay. You have a question? Just ask, where, where does the concept of dependent origina origination come into this? Yeah, all the right everything that the, the Bodhisattva was doing up to that point, in order for that Bodhisattva to make it through that door, making it through that door depends on all those things. Okay. The practice of the sixth perfection that the Bodhisattva was doing all this time. So, this is their culmination. So, the actual power to make it through is dependent upon those things. So at some point you're saying that they were part of the creation. Of, of what, they were part of the creation of what was going on, but they, it was really a, a joint effort because it depended on, on the interactions of the universe and everyone in it. Everything that happened around, they had certain responsibility for what they did, but a lot of things that happened around them were reactive in nature, it seems, and related to the, to the whole versus just the individual, it seems. Is that what you're saying, too? Uh, not exactly. Okay. Yeah. Now, the dependence I'm talking, referring to, yes, there is a dependence upon others, but not the dependence in the sense of others are now making it happen. There's a dependence upon others that in how the Bodhisattva reacted and related with others. And because of that, the way, the way of having related with others, depending upon that, then the Bodhisattva is able to go continue, or the, uh, is is experiencing uh, some this ripening. Okay. Not in the sense of you know like uh, somehow uh, right here right now I'm helping some Bodhisattva achieve uh, the eighth bumi. Not in that sense, but 
because of how the Buddhists have related with me in whatever lifetime, whatever point of lifetime we, we somehow met, that depending on that relationship, that will determine what the, his, his or her outcome in that sense. Okay. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> okay, um, so we're going to quickly uh, try to finish. <laughs> Okay, so it's going to be a purification, and try to have that sense of uh, uh, connection. Try to have that sense of connection again. quickly go to the body, let the body enter the conducive state. Observe five cycles of breath. through the sense of that you're experiencing right now, the sense of the body becoming more sense of energy. Again, try to palpably feel the sense of connection, connected through the heart center. Immeasurable blue rays of light connecting one another at the heart center. Just like continents, tectonic plates, oceans, rivers, mountains, minerals, clouds, all these different things we are calling the earth so in a same way each all these individuals consider them as one entity one identity and that presence now comes to the crown of the head holding strongly to our regret, only holding strongly to our faith, conviction. And just say the words without necessarily fully understanding it. Because all things are of the nature of emptiness. It's possible to do what we are about to do. And that presence becomes infused 
with the identity of every enlightened being. And strongly wishing to purify ourselves, thinking of those times when we were so weak that we allowed our afflictions to govern our actions. And we want strength not to have this happen again in the future. We want to be purified of the stains that we have collected through such actions. And see us as one body being purified with a shower of light. Let your intuition or imagination guide how you make this as, as palpably real as possible. And going back to the forces of your regret added to the regret of each one, each individual becoming one regret. And that one regret helping your regret. In the same way, our conviction, in the same way, our willingness to restrain in the future.
rejoice in what you have done and focus on the strong resolve to behave better in the future that you will not allow your afflictions to take over your actions without a fight. And with that resolve, we the I, the group, just like our individual power of regret combined with the power of regret of each individual to help one individual. So the power of uh, everyone's aspiration merge with yours dissolves into your heart center and the same thing happens for each individual Again, strengthen your resolve. Starting with your highest aspirations, make a dedication, and then continue to those very immediate goals that you need to accomplish. back to the breath through the breath become aware of the body again but this time let the memory of the sense of connection infuse the body
this is usually I'm not uh, <laughs> I'm not a stickler for kind of these kind of details, but I, it's it's been itching me <laughs> uh, since this is a very open forum, a very open uh, space for people who have initiation and people who don't have initiation to come in. Uh, there are certain things that must not be displayed. As my teacher would say, it's not proper. Okay. So any signs that shows anything specifically related to secret teaching should not be out in the open for everybody to, because it might disturb their, their it might disturb them because they don't understand what's behind it. Okay. So it's out of compassion for them. It's not just out of the wish to keep them out of the club. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, it's beautiful to have the individual pictures, but the pictures that shows couples, I mean, they're not brother and sister, they're couples. They shouldn't be on the, on the altar for everyone to see. On your own personal altar, perfectly fine, because you understand it, you, you look at it. It's not going to disturb you. But out of compassion for those who are not in that, you shouldn't do that. Okay. So ask those people to take back those pictures. Okay. I'm very sorry if I'm stepping out of bound, but uh, it's been itching me. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you.